Six minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Masecha 
asanisim lavaisenu vehikalai sameya veduslichenu vikalai sameya veduslichenu
J.M. in the A.M. Yehia Shem, that's a uh, selection by Micha Gammerman, who's scheduled to join us tomorrow at some point here at J.M. in the A.M. in the 8 o'clock hour. Shalshelis had Misha Assa from Volume 5. Yehuda Green had Misha Assa from Peace in My Heart. Those were selections that were requested on Friday as we got set to Bench Rosh Chodesh. Now as we are at Erev Rosh Chodesh, I figured we'd make sure to fulfill the request. We didn't get to them on Friday. We had a lot going on here. Uh, Shivisi, that was the uh, Ruach and Neshama cast. Mayor Sherman, of course, our Monday morning theme song, Masecha Hashem, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Monday on this JM in the AM for October the 12th, Columbus Day, day 29 in the month of Tishrei, the year 5776, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Tonight begins Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. We'll start saying Yalav tonight. That'll go until Wednesday afternoon. We've got uh, 55 degrees outside with 84% humidity. Winds are west, 6 miles per hour. Sunshine today with a high temperature of 75. Then tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 59. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 72 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 88. We're at 55 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Um, having a little bit of a problem here. With making sure that our international listeners can hear the actual Monday morning show right now, as opposed to our regular music mix, and hopefully that will be taken care of within minutes here at JM and the AM. Uh, so uh, the news from Israel is very similar to uh, the news from Israel over the last few days, unfortunately. The um, the um, Jerusalem Post reports a terrorist was shot and killed Monday morning near Shar Arayot, near Lion's Gate in the Arab quarter of Jerusalem's old city after attempting to stab a police Border officer was the third such attack in less than 10 days. According to police, at approximately 9 a.m., the unidentified assailant, whom police deemed suspicious, was asked to stop for inspection. The suspect withdrew a knife from his pocket and charged one of the officers, stabbing him in his metal breastplate. Police immediately opened fire, killing the man. Despite markedly Heightened security coupled by newly installed metal detectors. The area located near the entrance to the Temple Mount remains one of the most volatile and dangerous sections of the old city. On October 3rd, a terrorist murdered two Jewish men and wounded a mother and son there on a stabbing and shooting spree before he was shot dead. The um, victims were Rabbi Nehemiah Lavi and Aharon Benita. Five days later, a an ultra-Orthodox man was stabbed in the back of the neck by an 18-year-old Palestinian woman before shooting her at close range. Amid the um, capital's wave of violence, Police Chief Bensi Sow on Sunday ordered 1,000 extra highly trained border police officers to be dispatched to the Old City and Flashpoint Arab neighborhoods to assist the 3,500 officers presently on the ground. Stabbing attacks against Jews have become so common that Jerusalem Mayor Nir Barakat last Thursday encouraged citizens with gun permits to remain armed when walking the city streets. Meanwhile, police said 
17 Palestinians in East Jerusalem suspected of throwing rocks and firebombs at officers and Jews in the capital were arrested overnight, bringing the total number of arrested since October 1st to nearly 350. So that type of news, unfortunately, continues out of Israel. And... um, And we continue to uh, keep our focus on the Holy Land during this difficult time for our brothers and sisters. 6.37 in the morning at 23 minutes before 7 o'clock. Some people have the day off today. It is Columbus Day here in the United States. So some are off. Others are working. Plenty are going to school. Um, Whatever the case is in your situation, thanks for tuning us in and being part of the JM and the AM radio experience. We're here until 9 o'clock. Mayor Weingarten with a very important Israel show coming up at 9. Stay tuned for that and much, much more all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org and with the NSN app. And you can comment on anything going on in this show uh, or on our network by uh, going to the NSN app. On the home screen of the app, you can comment at any time, and we welcome those comments. Ari Goldwag is next. This is JM and the AM.
ja soir, ja soir israniko, vela moves, vela moves, lo inesononi, ja soir, ja soir, ja soir israniko, vela moves, vela moves, lo inesononi. Ya soy, ya soy, ya soy Israelico, de la moves, de la moves, lo inesononi. Ya soy, ya soy, ya soy Israelico, de la moves, de la moves, lo inesononi.
with the Nostalgia CD, Reminisce with Maishi Menlowitz. Pretty amazing collection. That is the soul-stirring uh, medley here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, you heard the um, David Gabay brand-new selection, Odcha, off of Hakola Tova, Ari Goldwag had Amechad. Monday morning on this Columbus Day, Erev Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. Rosh Chodesh for two days begins tonight. It'll go through Wednesday afternoon, 55 degrees, sunshine and a high temperature of 75. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 88. We're at 55 here in Jersey City as we say good morning from America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world in the web, jmnam.org. Galay Tzal, I hope, is going to be up in the background in a second. There we go. We'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more between now and 9 a.m. Rabbi Josh Przanski is scheduled to join us in the New Jersey region of the OU. He's scheduled to be with us. Ilana Silber from Sharsheret is scheduled to join us. A lot of people spending October on the issue of breast cancer awareness. We'll speak with her coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. And more. Don't forget that Mayor Weingarten has a very, very important Israel show today. If you're following the news from Israel, and who is not at this point, Mayor Weingarten has some revealing and really incredible segments today between 9 and 10, right after JM and the AM. You can hear it all on jmtheam.org. You could listen in on the NSN app from anywhere around the world. We highly recommend it always, but especially today. There's a lot of very important things going on in that one hour uh, between 9 and 10 o'clock this morning, so make sure to be tuned into the Israel Show. And you could like the Israel Show Facebook page, and you'll have all the material that he discusses on the show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday follows next. We say Boker Toe from JM and the AM. גליצאל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בית משפט השלום בחיפה העריך בעשרה ימים את מעצרו של עלה זיוד מאום אל פחם, המחבל שביצע את פיגוע הדקירה והדריסה אמש, סמוך לגן שמואל. בשיחה עם כתבנו קובי מנדל בבית המשפט, טען המחבל שמדובר בתאונה ולא בפיגוע. אני לא רוצה להגיד כלום, זו הייתה תאונה, רוצים להפוך אותי למחבל. כך זה יוד. השר לביטחון הפנים גלעד ארדן אומר שהמשטרה לא טיפלה כראוי באלימות בירושלים בשנים האחרונות. כתבנו רום ליאור שמע אותו בדיון בוועדת הפנים של הכנסת. ואני לא בא עכשיו להסתכל ממשלה כזו או ממשלה אחרת. עובדתית, האכיפה בירושלים הייתה יותר אכיפה שמכילה 
אירועים אלימים ולא יוזמת. כתבתנו אליל שחר מוסרת שוועדת החוץ והביטחון של הכנסת תתכנס מחרותיים לדיון דחוף כדי לאשר גיוס 1,400 לוחמי מג"ב בעקבות גל הטרור. שני קטינים מרמת גן מואשמים שתקפו והתעללו בבעל מוגבלות חסר ישע. כתבנו איתמר קציר. על פי כתב האישום, הקטינים בני 14 ו-15 נתקלו באדם בעל מוגבלויות, ביקשו ממנו להתלוות עליהם ואז תקפו אותו והיכו אותו. בשלב מסוים מצאו בצידי הדרך חגורת קראטה, קשרו אותו בעזרתה לעמוד והותירו אותו בוכה וחסר אונים. עובר אורח שהבחין באדם הקשור שחרר אותו, והשניים ניסו לרדוף אחרי הקטינים, אך הם הצליחו להימלט. החל שלב ההוכחות במשפטו של המוזיקאי אילן בן עמי, המואשם ברצח בת זוגו לשעבר, דפנה בר ציון לפני כשנה. לבית המשפט הגיעו בני משפחתה של בר ציון, וביניהם גם גיסה דן בן ארי, שמצא אותה בזירת הרצח. כשהייתה מדליקה נרות בערב שישי, הוא היה זורק את הנרות וצורח לה, אין אלוהים, אני האלוהים שלך. וככה היא חיה, כי אישה מוכה, מצד אחד מפחדת פחד מוות ממנו. ומצד שני מאמינה שהנה היא תצליח, כמו הרבה נשים אחרות שזה עובר עליהן, לשנות אותו. חבר הכנסת אורן חזן מהליכוד הגיש תביעת דיבה בסך מיליון שקלים נגד העיתונאי עמית סגל מחדשות ערוץ 2 בעקבות התחקיר על מעלליו בבורגס. מאחר והגענו למסקנה הברורה שהמנוע המרכזי ללינץ' התקשורתי שנעשה לי היה עמית סגל. כל זאת לצורך חיסול אישי שלי וקידומו האישי שלו. האיש אפילו לא טרח לתת לי הזדמנות הוגנת להגיב על הטענות ומכאן הוגשה כרגע תביעת דיבה על סך מיליון שקל כנגד עמית סגל. תביעה אישית בגין לשון הרע פגיעה בשמיעתו והנזק שנעשה לי. עמית סגל הגיב על התביעה בריאיון ליעל דן. זה דבר טוב מאוד שתחקירים מתבררים בבית משפט. כי מצב העיתונות הוא בשפל כזה שמצד אחד לא מאמינים לעיתונאים ומצד שני מאמינים הכל לפוליטיקאים. באופן עקרוני זה צעד חיובי מאוד. זה חוצה בהרבה את הרף המקסימלי שנדרש כדי להתגונן בזיות דיבה ואנחנו כמובן נטען לא תום לב ולא דברים כאלה. האמת דיברתי באופן הכי פשוט, הכי ברור שיש. מזג האוויר בהרים חם ויבש לאורך החוף לח. ולסיום, אתר המכירות eBay חוגג יום הולדת 20 וחושף כי מאז שנוסד רכשו בו כ-190 מיליון קונים. כתבתנו שירה הדס נקר מוסרת שהערים בישראל שהכי פעילות ב-eBay הן פתח תקווה וחולון. המוצר הראשון שנמכר באתר המכירות הפופולרי אגב, היה את לייזר. שבור. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. Thank <laughs> you. 
In the AM, Monday morning on this Erev Rosh Chodesh, Simcha Liners Ve'ata, you heard Shal Sheles Hine Kel, dedicating that to a wonderful group of people who are probably now, I would guess at this point, uh, somewhere on the FDR Drive in Manhattan, tuned into JM Name. Sunshine with a high of 75, it's Erev Rosh Chodesh, we'll start saying Yalav Yavo tonight, I'll go until Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, lots of Torah reading this week. Today and Thursday we'll read Parshas Noach, and Tuesday and Wednesday special Rosh Chodesh reading. How do you like that? JM and the AM, hope you had an amazing weekend. I want to thank Matis Weingast. Did a great job yesterday on JM Sunday. The chief rabbi of South Africa was with him uh, live from South Africa. And uh, a great discussion about the Shabbos project and so much more. We have amazing programming for you even on the weekend. Can you imagine that? And today, after 9 o'clock this morning, you'll be able to enjoy Mayor Weingarten. Well, enjoy may be the wrong word because Mayor is going to really... Bring a lot of things to our attention today during the Israel show that could be very disturbing, frankly, but so important. Oh, there'll be some inspiring material that I can guarantee you. 
But with the situation now in Israel, there's a lot to think about, and he'll uh, he'll make us think between 9 and 10 this morning. The next live edition of the Israel Show features the following stories. Eitam and Naama Henkin were gunned down by Arab terrorist Cholomoyed Sukkot. The Israel Show will pay tribute to these two exceptional people. The latest round of Arab terror in Israel claims to be the result of Jewish prayer on Harabayit. The Israel, will, the Israel Show will explore the history of this recurring and recycled libel. And also, have a listen to the State Department double standard when judging Israel's action in war as compared to the United States' recent activity in Afghanistan. Mayor gave me a preview of this uh, over the weekend. It's pretty amazing. It really is. Plus, the great mix of Israeli music. It's all happening uh, today starting at 9 a.m. on jmnam.org and the NSN app. Don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Well, I mentioned last week I started uh, somewhat of a tradition here at JM and the AM. Uh, two amazing rabbis uh, highly recommended that um, we take an opportunity uh, on certain days to um, speak about the Chavetz Chaim and his sefer entitled Ahavat Chesed, literally the love of Chesed, the love of loving kindness, the love of doing something for somebody else. There are actual guidelines the Chavetz Chaim called together. Uh, which teach us how to act in a manner of chesed and uh, the sources for doing so uh, in our holy books. And, of course, this uh, segment and this idea is um, being done with Zechonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Halevi, my beloved mother of blessed memory. Uh, and uh, we mentioned last week, toward the end of last week, we uh, asked the question of what is the amount of money that the Torah obligates a person to set aside to lend to his fellow. And the Chavetz Chaim writes, I did not find any explicit discussion in the words of Chazal that addressed this topic, and one may not learn this amount from the laws of tzedakah, where the maximum amount of tzedakah one can give is one-fifth of one's possessions. There, in the case of tzedakah, the money is given away permanently, which is not the case of a loan where the loan amount is returned. Also, in the contrary sense, there's no basis to say that all of a person's money, which is idle at a moment, is required by the Torah to be distributed to charitable causes, since there might come a time when a profitable business opportunity presents itself to him and he won't have that money available to transact that deal. So we discussed that last week and concluded, according to the logic dictated uh, by the Chavetz Chaim, that this mitzvah of lending is unique to each person depending on his means and however much he's able to do to benefit his fellow Jew, he should do. We continue today, and uh, he continues as follows. Moreover, it's implied there in the Chinuch, meaning the Sefer HaChinuch, that the amount of the loan extended to a poor man is based on his need, as long as the lender can afford to lend that amount. Truthfully, this is also explicit in the Chumash, in another place. He cites Parshas Re'eh, the quote, V'havet tavitenu, give him his needs. And according to what Chazal have explained, in the Mechilta, the Pasuk is addressing a loan, and there the Pasuk concludes with, De machsaro asher yechsarlo, with sufficient for the requirement that he is in need of. Sefer Avat Chesed of the Chavetz Chaim, dedicated to the memory of my beloved mother, Esther Basar Yosef Halevi, I thank you for your indulgence on this Monday morning, 19 minutes after 7 o'clock. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM, Yakov Shweki, of course, Kol Mavaser. I think some of the uh, people here at the Nahum Siegel Network did get to that song over Sukkis. I did not. <laughs> in fact, I think Benjamin Siegel played it one day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I figured I got to do it at some point as well. Yeah, we are, we're always making up for uh, for things we weren't able to do the previous week. There's so much going on. There's plenty that gets left on the table. Um, so we make sure to get to it and uh, actually play it for you at some point over the next uh, few days. 55 degrees, sunny, and a high temperature of 75. That was uh, Yaakov Shweki. Before that, you heard the Benny Friedman selection, Bum Bum, with All My Soul, calling it Shema Shali. That's the name of that selection here at JM in the AM. A lot of stuff going on, plenty of material happening that uh, we'll bring to you through our community calendar. By the way, our community calendar really... Um, comprehensive these days. If you check the community calendar section of jmnam.org, you'll see what I mean. There are a lot of events going on, plenty of things happening, and um, that's just one resource for you to find out what's going on in our community. And I hope you'll take advantage of it. Those of you who want to post events to the community calendar, please go ahead and do so. We love when people go ahead and utilize our community calendar to let everybody around the world know what's happening in their area. So feel free to do so and enjoy. Monday morning, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Abaye was a well-known Amora. He was the Rosh Hashiva of Pumpadissa. He was able to shield over his entire city with his great Sidkus and righteousness. Every hour of Shabbos, a special heavenly voice, a baskol, went out from Shemayim in his Zuchus. It called out, Shalom Aleichem. Rava was privileged to the baskol only once a year on Erev Yom Kippur. However, there was one other person, not as great as either of them, who was privileged to a baskol, the heavenly voice, each and every day. That was Abba Umna. Abba Umna was not a great Tamil Chachum like Abaye. Yet, he was privileged to this special baskol on a daily basis. Abaye was only Zoha once a week. Abaye thought that perhaps there was something wrong with his own personal deeds that made him not acceptable to receive the baskol on a daily basis. Abai searched through all of his deeds, and he didn't find any chisronos, any shortcomings. From great agmas nefesh, from great distress, he grew faint and ill. People said it was because he was unable to do what Abba Umna does, aside from the many acts of tzidkus that Abba Umna performed. One day, Abaye sent two Talmidim to test Abba Umna. They wanted to see what they could learn from his masin, from his deeds, why it was that he was privileged to this great act of hearing the Basko from Shemayim. He received them with great honor. He gave them the best food and drink and then provided them with good mattresses to sleep on during the night. Unlike those who sleep on luxurious beds, but give their guest a mere cot to sleep on. In the morning, the Talmidim took the mattresses to the marketplace to sell. There, they met Abba Umna, and they asked him, how much are these worth? 
He told them how much they were worth. Then they asked him, perhaps they're worth more. He replied, this is the price that I paid. The Talmidim saw that Abba Umna knew that these expensive mattresses were his. Yet, he didn't get angry that they had taken them to sell in the marketplace. They said to him, these mattresses belong to you, and we took them to test you. What did you suspect us of? He replied, I said to myself, maybe these Chachamim had a case of Pidyan Shvuyim, redeeming a captive, and they were ashamed to tell me. That is how far Abba Umna went to be Melamed Tzchus, to feel that someone is really doing the right thing. When the two Talmidim tried to give him back the mattresses, he refused. He said, I already dedicated it to Tzedakah. Imagine his level. He takes in guests. He gives them everything. They take his mattresses to sell in the marketplace and then have the chutzpah to ask him how much they should get for it. He didn't tell them they're making a mistake. He didn't say the mattresses belonged to him. He was Dan Lekav Tzachus. He judged them favorably. Imagine people in our world today how many times we suspect others without any basis and we don't go to investigate whether they're right or wrong. Imagine if we would all act like Abba Umna. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Uh, 7.33 in the morning, 27 minutes before 8 o'clock. I thank everybody for tuning in, no matter where you are around the world. Uh, as many of you know, and uh, this has been something that has been... Uh, uh, promoted in the most uh, in in the most um, uh, popular venues in the United States, including the NFL. This October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, Ilana Silber is the uh, new executive director of Sharsheret. Sharsheret is uh, an organization that is um, that has been concentrating for years on the Jewish community and specifically those in the Jewish community who are facing breast cancer. Many of you are aware of the fact that uh, Ruchi Shoritz, just a short while ago, uh, passed away. She, of course, was the founder and the founding executive director of Sharsheret. And uh, as Ilana Silber could tell you, working with her was uh, an incredible experience, something that we had the fortune to, be, uh, to do uh, in a very, very small way, uh, but an unforgettable way. Um, over a period of many years. Ilana Silber, brand new executive director at Sharsheret. Welcome to JM in the AM. And thank you for always having Sharsheret on. I think we've been on the last few years um, during Breast Cancer Awareness Month and other months, and it's always great to be on your show. Inevitably, after we get off the call, women who may not have known about Sharsheret may not have thought it was for them. Give us a call. So we really appreciate the outreach to the community by joining you on your show. I appreciate that. There are you've pointed out to us in the past that there are people whose uh, whose connection to the Jewish world for many is only this show, and in the other way, whose only connection to these topics, uh, meaning meaning in, in other segments of the community, the only connection after these topics is this show. And uh, thank God, people out there have been getting help and have been uh, seeking your advice and your guidance. Uh, through their own difficulties. Um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and there seems to always be something going on, whether it's whether it's Pink Day or or Pink Chalas 
or races here or races there or other types of events. It seems like the, it seems like this all across America, frankly. But in our community, it seems that there are segments of the community that are constantly involved in Sharsheret's activities. Yeah, I mean, I think we've uh, really changed uh, the discussion out there. You know, maybe before Sharsheret was founded 15 years ago, there wasn't so much discussion about breast cancer in the Jewish community and the impact it's having. You know, one in 40 Jews of Ashkenazi descent carries a BRCA, that's a breast cancer gene mutation, that significantly increases the hereditary risk for breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and related cancers in the Jewish community. So it's so critical that we raise awareness whenever we can. As people learn about the statistics and about the incidence of breast cancer and ovarian cancer and other cancers, there are things we can do to protect our health. So we're grateful that the community is always involved in different ways, and that's what Sharsheret's all about. Sharsheret's meant to fit the people that call us. So if you find a way that you can raise awareness in your community that works for your community, we would love to partner with you. And that's the way our programs are. However you want to connect with Sharsheret, we make it possible. So uh, in addition to there being a race this week, which we'll discuss, and there being a whole list of events that uh, you are in charge of, uh, you also help people in their own communities put together their own events and figure out what they want to do or they want to have fun with and they want to inspire people with, and then you help them along and uh, help them put it together. Yeah, I mean, this year is unprecedented. Right now we're coordinating more than 130 Sharsheret Pink Shabbat programs <laughs> in 16 states across the country in synagogues of all affiliations, of all backgrounds, just to raise awareness about breast cancer and the way Sharsheret can help women and families who are facing this disease. And every synagogue is doing it in a different way, and they're being, um, they have a one-on-one -on -one support system here at Sharsheret, and this is not a fundraising event, Sharsheret Pink Shabbat. It's about awareness and support, information. You know, having information is empowering, and there are things we can do to protect people health, people's health, and ultimately, we're saving lives. Oh, and I don't think anything uh, could be more important coming out of the high holidays to think about how we can save lives. No question about it. Ilana Silber's with us, executive director of Sharsheret. Who came up with the pink challah idea? <laughs> you know what? Um, it became challah baking. I see now with the Shabbat, the Shabbos project has become very popular. But Sharsheret's been doing it for years, and we partner um, with Challah for Hunger on campuses. Um, and it's a great, it's one of those mitzvot, one of the commandments that relate to women and as an organization that started by women, for women, for Jewish women, um, although we help women of all backgrounds, um, it started a while ago with this mitzvah of challah baking and putting that pink in just, um, I guess, goes along with uh, ways to make things a little bit unique and raise awareness so that when you come to the Shabbat table and you see why is the challah pink today and you could say, Oh, this is about breast cancer awareness. Has our family been touched by breast cancer? Uh, maybe we should speak to our healthcare professionals. So anything that we can do to raise awareness, um, and it's unique to the Jewish community. There aren't other communities doing pink challah baking and raising awareness this way. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, we discussed the uh, the fact that you took over for Ruchi Shoritz of Blessed Memory, and uh, with all the things that she did and all the credit that she gets for the incredible work over her lifetime, and especially from the time that she was diagnosed, um, I think one of the things that, are, that that must have made her happiest and maybe most amazed was that not just women, but men and young women and young men and even younger women and younger men all seem to want to get involved in this cause. And it's become something that really has become across the board in the Jewish world. Yeah, you know, I think... Um, if 
you know, very often I think about it, it's been only about three months, but every day I want to pick up the phone and tell Ruchi, I said, your vision is really become a reality. You know, one of her goals was to make sure that every Jewish woman and family knew about Sharsheret should they ever need us, and I think that's being realized. By getting kids involved and young adults, throughout all the ages, there are opportunities to get involved and raise awareness. We'll make that happen. We'll make sure that every Jewish family knows about Sharsheret if they need us. Um, because, you know, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer, but seven out of eight won't. So those seven out of eight can help us raise awareness so that everybody should know about us. Yeah, and that's in addition to all the uh, all, all the teenagers out there also who've been helping out like crazy, spreading the, the word. Teenagers are amazing. I have to tell you, we were talking a little bit on Mary Mollick's show last week about um, a girl from Frisch High School, Leron Carmi, who's doing an initiative to raise awareness through selling Bernie Mev shoes. They found, sold thousands of shoes these last couple of weeks, raising awareness about breast cancer in retail stores across the country. An incredible initiative from such a young woman who felt such a passion for the cause and has brought in thousands um, along for the ride. Amazing. Ilana Silber's with us. This coming Sunday, you can make strides against breast cancer in a New York City walk, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning in Central Park at 69th Street, and Fifth Avenue, you could join Team Sharsheret at the American Cancer Society's Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Central Park five-mile walk. There's no registration fee. Fundraising is not required. You can register on the link that says Team Sharsheret on the website. Tell us why it's important for people to come out this Sunday and participate. You know, there aren't many opportunities that we can bring together the women, the families, the volunteers, the staff, the board, all the people, the energy that makes Sharsheret happen. Here's an opportunity for healthy living. We know that healthy living um, can reduce the risk for breast cancer in some ways. To get out there for a healthy activity, take a walk, meet the people that make Sharsheret, the connections we make, that's what Sharsheret, the chain, symbolizes, the connections we make. So here's an opportunity to come face-to-face with each other, show our strength for each other. Everyone who shows up that day will be a link in the chain. And together, uh, bringing those links together just strengthens our Sherrod. And we love to see everyone out there um, and getting us their sneakers. Our new T-shirts are amazing. I have to thank our sponsors. Our lead sponsor is Bernstein Liebhard, but we have a lot of different sponsors who have supported Cher Sherrod. I definitely encourage everyone. The shirts are neon yellow. No one's going to miss us in the park. <laughs> um, uh, it's going to be great. And, Nachum, I hope you come. <laughs> well, for a neon yellow shirt, are you kidding? Who could pass yeah. that up? Uh, sponsorship opportunities. You can visit the Team Cher Sherrod sponsorship page, or you can email Ellen uh, Kleinhouse at the Cher Sherrod office or call 866-474-2774. That's 866-474-2774. How many people are you expecting Sunday? Uh, so we've had up to 700, and wow. I know Ellen has been uh, working uh, nonstop on this, and schools are coming out, day schools, high schools, uh, colleges are coming out in droves. They're bringing buses, and, I mean, we could have up to 700 people there, and it's amazing, and we're, when we're the meeting place, and we take the group picture, and when I look at this picture and I've seen how Sharsheret's grown, the community has come out, I mean, um, for, in supporting Sharsheret, you know, Pat Ruchi, uh, passing away this summer was so upsetting, and you can't imagine the hundreds of calls and emails and visits to the office to be supportive. And this is just another way for us to thank you and thank for them to thank us for what we're doing for the community. So I think we could have about 700. 
Unbelievable. What an amazing crowd that would be. And it's, it's just incredible. A lot of, a lot of teams are happy when 50 people get together. You're able to attract numbers like that, which is amazing. Uh, go to the website, everybody, this Sunday, 8 o'clock in Central Park in the morning, 69th Street, 5th Avenue entrance. Team Sharsherit will gather. You can call for information at 866-474-2774. Of course, a great resource is the website, sharsherit.org. And Ilana Silber, before we, uh, before we part this morning, we should mention that that not just when it comes to events and fun stuff like this, but when it comes to really serious things like people needing information about what to do, who to turn to, what type of uh, research has been done, what type of advances have been made, uh, what's the latest news uh, when it comes to uh, cancer and cancer support. It's all there on the website as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for people to know that uh, Sharsharet's programs are, um, we keep the pulse on what's going on for women and families facing breast cancer. We have a new survivorship kit for women facing ovarian cancer. We have our breast cancer survivorship kit was just up- updated over the Sukkot holiday. We had 100 new orders. I'm encouraging women to call us if you've been diagnosed with breast cancer either 10 days ago, 10 months ago, or 10 years ago. Sharsharet has the support and resources you need. Everything's free. Everything's confidential. Everything's individualized. You know, there's so much technology out there. Um, so I want people to know that they may reach us through live chat or email or the website, but they're human beings. We have skilled professional social workers, a genetic counselor, psychotherapist on the line waiting to speak with women and really help you navigate the journey. And not only the women, but their caregivers. We're here for the entire Jewish community and at a time and a place that's convenient for you. You don't have to come into Sharsharet for the support. You don't have to pay anything, and you can remain private and call us at any point. We're here for you 100%. Ilana, it sounds like you have the passion that the founder of Sharsharet had, and that's uh, very important. That can go a long way in continuing this amazing organization. Yeah, I attribute that to Rachi. She had something electric about her, and um, once you came in contact with her, and she was right. You know, breast cancer is not just a woman's issue. It's a Jewish community issue. And I think her energy, her passion, and her bravery has really touched thousands of people across the country. And also, I mean, up to the United States government, who has now put Sharsherit as the model for all breast cancer organizations. They said that we know what we're doing, and they think that others should learn from us. So Pretty we're nice. very grateful. And it all is started with Rukhi, but she said it wasn't one woman alone. It's the thousands have come on support her that have been made Sharsharit such a success. Good luck on Sunday, and let us know about all the future stuff going on with Sharsharit. We will, and thank you so much, and I hope to see you Sunday. Bezrat Hashem. There she is. It's Ilana Silber, the executive director of Sharsharit. You can go to the website, sharsharit.org, for information. It's all there. Team Sharsharit meets at 69th and 5th in Manhattan, Central Park entrance at 8 o'clock this coming Sunday morning. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Discussion at the Shabbos, at the Siegel Shabbos table this week. How incredible Omek HaDover is. Seemed to be the consensus among all the generations. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. at nine minutes before eight o'clock in morning. Monday at J.M. in the A.M. It's Erev Rosh on this Columbus Day. Some folks have a day off today. We do not. Thank goodness for everybody out there. We do not. Full jam in the AM plus Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show, brand new. Mayor has, uh, I, I was as I said earlier, I was privy to some of Mayor's material that he'll be doing today. He has such a show today, you got to tune in, got to make sure to listen. Uh, today on the Israel Show, he's going to, uh, he's certainly going to speak about the situation today in Israel. That's for sure. I'm sure you figured that. Um, Eitam and Naamehenkin were gunned down by Arab terrorists on Cholamoid. 
The Israel Show paid tribute to these two exceptional people. The latest round of Arab terror in Israel claims to be the result of Jewish prayer on Harabayat. The Israel Show will explore the history of this recurring and recycled libel. And have a listen to the State Department double standard when judging Israel's actions in wars compared to U.S.'s recent activity in Afghanistan. I heard it. Mayor gave me the link. It's pretty unbelievable. Tune in and listen in. Uh, plus a great mix of Israeli music uh, right after JM in the AM. It's the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. And, of course, on the NSN app, you could listen in and comment as the show is going on. JM in the AM at eight minutes before the hour. More of our community calendar. And, of course, um, uh, another special guest coming up at JM in the AM. Rabbi Josh Przanski scheduled to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Tomorrow, Micha Gammerman, who's from South America, but has a brand-new Jewish music album that's making its mark here. And in Israel. We'll speak with him tomorrow right here at JM in the AM.
Yitzchak Fuchs, brand new with Kolot off of the CD entitled Miyad Nigalim here at JMNAM. Latest from Israel is another uh, stabbing. A terrorist stabbing took place at Ammunition Hill in Jerusalem on Monday. According to MDA paramedics, one person, a border police officer, was wounded in the attack. Police said that a border police officer saw a suspicious woman on Barlev Street and called her to stop. The woman continued walking, turning around to the border police officer with a knife and stabbed him when he came near her. The border police officer managed to fire his weapon at the suspect. She was taken to the hospital. There were reports of a second suspect also being apprehended. The attack took place near Jerusalem Police Headquarters. The 20-year-old border police officer was transported to Hadassah with stab wounds to his upper body. This attack, the latest in a spate of recent terror incidents to hit Israel. Earlier Monday, a terrorist was shot and killed near uh, Shar Harayot, Lion's Gate, in the Arab quarter of Jerusalem's old city. After attempting to stab a border police officer, according to police, at 9 a.m., the unidentified assailant, whom police deemed suspicious, was asked to stop. The suspect withdrew a knife from his pocket, charged one of the officers, stabbing him in his metal breastplate. Police immediately opened fire, killing the man. The latest of what's happening today in the uh, city of Jerusalem uh, as these uh, stabbings continue. Two minutes before 8 o'clock, more coming up. This is JM in the AM. Shamoyatishmu 
Jam in the AM, brand new Simcha Liner. That's a Kanfei Nisharim, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Round the world on the web, jam in the AM.org.
JM in the AM, a.k.a. Pella, in this case with Shal Sheles, and uh, the song entitled Atah Echad here at JM in the AM. Before that, Eitan Katz with that amazing brand new single entitled Yerevna. 14 minutes after 8 o'clock, we promised you uh, that Josh Przanski would visit us this morning here at JM in the AM, and we're making good on our promise. The school year, I guess, began for real at the beginning of September, for some at the end of August. Then it began, I guess, more for real this past Wednesday, (laughs) when everyone seemed to be going back to school on the same day, with exception, but most people did go back to school. But today I think we could say that the school year begins in earnest, as a very few schools give off for Columbus Day in the Yeshiva League community, as I like to call it, uh, because it's time to get back into the swing of things. Josh Przanski, who is the, uh, help me out here, New Jersey director of... New Jersey of... Regional Director. <laughs> Let me get my card. Hey, give that to me. Let me do it for you. <laughs> there you go. Why should I make you do it? Josh Przanski is the New Jersey Regional Director for Teach NJS, and we have uh, a website, not we, but there is a website, teachnjs.org, and we have emphasize over the last few months the incredible work and the amazing inroads that they've made. And um, today you have to say, Josh Przanski, the school year begins in earnest. Here we go. I think I, I told one of my kids, one of my kids asked me, how many days off do I have like between now and I think it was January. I said, You'll, you're lucky you get off Thanksgiving. That's about it. <laughs> other, other than that, we're for a big stretch of school, thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. First of all, good morning. Thank good morning. you for having me today. Uh, I want you to know this is the first Monday I've woken up in the last month. <laughs> That's right. Where I actually know that it's a Monday, that I have to go to work it, it, with all the Yom Tovim and Shabbos and, and Cholomoyd. <laughs> yeah, J- I'm very Je- confused. Jeff, who precedes me here on Monday, said, you still work here? You still, what's going on here? <laughs> but yes, there's no question that it's been a, it's been a little bit of a different Monday than uh, what's happened uh, recently because we actually have a day of school and a regular day to tune in and to be together on this uh, on this morning. Uh, so here we go. Um there's a lot of activity going on, a lot of things happening. We know that you've had some successful events with Teach NJS, and there are a lot of very, very active and concerned parents out there that want to see your activities grow, want to see more and more people get attracted to the cause. I don't know how any parent, frankly, in this state can't be attracted to the cause. I don't know how anybody cannot register to vote, cannot go and vote, cannot then go and speak or be in touch in the very least with those public officials that make these decisions about what our yeshivas and schools get and don't get. I mean, it's just hard to believe that people wouldn't act, right? It's hard to believe, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, first of all, Nachman, thank you again for having me on the air. Teach NJS is a project of the Orthodox Union Advocacy Center in partnership with 20 different day schools around the state of New Jersey and, and two two federations, uh, one in North Jersey and one in uh, the heart of New Jersey, to really bring this issue to the forefront of the Jewish community and the, real, the day school community and even the non-Jewish, the non-public school community. The fact is, and I think we as a community understand the importance of uh, of having a great educational system, and which we do. However, if you compare, like I've said this before on this station and other places as well, you have two neighbors living side by side. Mm-hmm. One neighbor is paying the, both paying the same amount of taxes, property taxes. Both of their taxes go towards public education. One neighbor has three kids. The other neighbor has three kids. One neighbor has free tuition for their three children that go to public school. The other neighbor, who has kids in yeshiva and day school, what have you, gets bupkis, zip, $198 to be exact, per student. 
20000 versus one ninety eight, sixty thousand versus less than six hundred dollars. It's just not right. It's not fair that parents who are struggling to to give their kids an education. And I should add that in the state of New Jersey, with the compulsory education law, every parent is required to give their child a secular education. And right. I should also stress that we never ever ask for a penny for religious education. That's right. our responsibility. Right. However, if a parent is required to send their kid, uh, provide their child with a with a secular education, and a parent is paying taxes towards that uh, as part of a, being a homeowner in the, in the state of New Jersey, then they should be receiving far more than $198. Right. And that's what we're bringing out to the public. Right. In reality, and I'm, and I'm not making this the pitch, but I just want to wake people up for a minute. In reality, the the government should be financing all secular studies in private schools. That's, I mean, in re- and I know that's a far, that's very far from where we are now. It's a dream. And it's very hard for people to understand sometimes because it's, it's a drastic statement. But in reality, that would be what seems to be most fair, that secular studies, which, again, as you mentioned, is compulsory, right? It's, it's, it's a yeah. requirement, uh, that those be taken care of, that the salaries of the teachers be taken care of, that a percentage of the school upkeep be taken care of, because, obviously, that school was founded partly to provide a secular education for the students. But all right, but we're not at that stage. At we're this not point. that stage in the United States of America. But go up to, to Canada, and they provide that. Every yeshiva in Canada has their secular education paid for by the government of Canada. You go to England or Belgium, any, any uh, most European countries, and that's how it's done there as well. The United States is one of the few places in the world where we do not, where the, where the state or the country does not provide for the secular education of all of its students. Hmm, interesting. You yes. mentioned that to public officials? Uh, all the time. And what do they tell you? Go we'll live in Canada. Canada. <laughs> exactly. So I'll wait till the draft. <laughs> that you're going? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so the question is, what is there uh, that the United States government or the state government can provide for our yeshiva? And this is one thing that Teach NJS has really taught us over the last few months. There are categories of items of different things that are necessary for any school that the state government is more willing to come forward with, correct? Correct. There are items right now that the state of New Jersey provides for every public school student. It's technology. Uh, right now it's a whopping $26 a student, uh, which could be used to purchase computers or what have you. Uh, in the past it was up to $40. It was zeroed out. Now it's up to 26 uh, textbooks, uh, which is about sixty some seven no, it's fifty dollars, sixty dollars this year. Nursing, which is like ninety bucks uh, per student, which uh, you know if you have larger schools are able to uh, provide more nursing based on those uh, those numbers. Right. And this year, for the first time, uh, thanks to Assemblyman Gary Sher, who is also the uh, Assembly Budget Chairman, uh, we have a security. Fund first time for the first time ever in the state of Jersey. I think New York had that already, right? New York has it, but New Jersey hasn't. And now, uh, twenty-five dollars per student is provided by the state for school security. And you think oh, that's great, and it's nice, and we appreciate it. But it doesn't However, pay for much, right? This, the public school is getting one hundred thirty-five dollars a student. Right. So what the argument has to be is that every child should be treated the same way. Every right. child should be treated equally. If a public school student needs to be safe, so does a private school or, or a non-public school student. State funding is going up, but not going up enough and not fast enough, right? Listen, it has gone up. I, I right. won't say it hasn't. Under Governor Christie, it's gone up uh, close to 60%. From uh, we, we were at 118 just four years ago, and now we're up to 198 a student. But it's nowhere near what 
you you guys in New York are getting, right. which is over $1,000 a student, or Pennsylvania, which is also over $1,000 a student. We're stuck in the middle between these two great states, and we're saying our, our message to the legislature is, listen, we like it here in New Jersey. The community is growing in New Jersey. If you look at our numbers, uh, eight years ago, there were about 21, 22,000. Yeshiva day school and day school students say it's up to 40,000 really? students. That's correct. Look at the other side. Unfortunately, in the Catholic schools, they were up, uh, I think, 120,000. They're down to the 80s. So while their school systems are shrinking simply because uh, urban families can't afford to send their kids right. to, to these schools in our community, uh, it, it's been growing. So, you know, we want to keep it growing. It's I think it's important to the fabric of the state. If you look at a state where 10% of the uh, uh, K-12 students are non-public school yeshiva, and, uh, not, not yeshiva, they have 10% of the students in the state are non-public school students, it requires a greater investment. If you want to talk money, uh, we're saving the state taxpayers close to $4 billion a year simply by paying for our own education. So a small investment on the state's part to provide security, to provide health care, to provide technology equipment in 2015 is not asking much, and and that's what we're trying to harness the power of our community, getting the parent body, getting the community that you had a prior guest on today for Shashar. She was saying it's not just a woman's problem, it's a Jewish community issue. The same thing over here with Jewish education. It's not just a parent's issue that are sending their kids to K-12 school. It's a community issue. We want to keep our community strong. We want our kids to live here. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a grandparent now. Right? I want my kids. I don't want my kids to move out to, to uh, Ohio or nothing against Ohio, but, right. you know, it's far away. You I want, want them, them close by, yeah. Because they get they get vouchers or whatever in Ohio or right, Florida, right. which in Florida I don't mind because the weather would be great during the winter. <laughs> but you know, otherwise, stay here in Jersey. But I have to; they have to be able to afford it, and that's what we're trying to do now with Teach NJS. Josh Przanski is the uh, New Jersey Regional Director for Teach NJS. You can go to the website at teachnjs.org. So, of course, well, before I even ask you about our call to action, which is the most important part of this conversation, are there state legislators who are not named Gary Share who've been receptive to this whole concept? You know, as they see the community get together in, in a formal way, and that's what we're trying to do now, have a formal organization, Teach NGS. It's uniting all of the schools, at least most of the school, most of the day schools in the state, 20 to be exact, and, and you can all see the list at teachnjs.org. And if your school's not there, I would ask them why not. Uh, you know, seeing this, this united effort has, has re- opened eyebrows and, and, and together with the federations, I should say, has really uh, brought great awareness to this project. And that's what we're trying to achieve right now. I will say here in Hudson County, where, you, where you're located, there's a, a nice group of uh, Jewish commu- Jewish businesses that get together, the Hudson County Jewish Business uh, Coalition. Oh, yeah, I've seen emails from David Rosenberg, who right. uh, is organizing it, a wonderful young man, uh, comes from Union City. Who brought and- him to me? I think Ezra Friedlander could be brought him to me during Shiva. That's funny. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah, great kid, and a great young man, I should say. And he has really shown the leadership of the state, right. how important the Jewish community is to the financial fabric of the state. Here in Jersey City, for instance, there's a business called Fabulwood. I just mentioned that because my son-in-law wanted me to because he works there. Mm. But you know, they they and many others here in Hudson County have, have provided. I would say tens of thousands of jobs, like Kedem and other organiz- other big companies, uh, to the to the uh, to the local community, and have paid taxes to the state of significant amount of money. They're important to the state, and our community is not just its residents, but it's our businesses as well. We we become very in, in, in what he called. A woven product, a woven fabric here in the state of New Jersey. So it's important that our legislators see this. They are seeing this. I think they're starting to realize that our community is much bigger than they thought, much more important than they thought. 
and they want to work together with us. But again, you know, working together with us is one thing, but we saw from the Iran deal. We saw from the Iran deal how many uh, congressmen and senators who we thought were very close to the community when push came to shove and they had to vote or not vote, they ended up not voting the way the community would have preferred. Right. And I think one of the reasons is because they feel safe in their seats, meaning they're, they're not threatened to lose their, their, their role as a senator or a congressman uh, in, in an election. We have to show our, our leadership. First of all, on the state level, it's a lot easier because there's smaller districts. Right. But we have to show our elected officials that, you know, we, we have needs and we want you as our representatives to make sure those needs are addressed. You've got to hear us and you've got to respond to exactly. us. Exactly. And that requires the community to get out and vote. Right. And that is something that we are pushing now over the next three weeks. Because voter registration deadline in New Jersey is when? Tomorrow. You serious? October 13th. Three so weeks. three weeks. You're talking about three, three weeks hours. election day. But you can't even vote if you're not registered. So we're here today. Do you meet a lot of people who aren't registered? You know, you'd be surprised. People move in, especially young married couples. They're moving in here from out of state. Yeah, they're you know, they no move to desire. They go to apartments. <laughs> they're not registered. You know, they should be registered. You're here already. It doesn't cost anything. One thing about voting, it's free. High school students, I have today our North Jersey field director, Ariella Novak, is in TABC in my note this morning. All right. From 12th grade class to 12th grade class, making sure that they get registration forms and uh, that they register to vote. Uh, because that's a, a untapped resource. You go to YU and Stern and Toro College and all those uh, students that are not yet registered to vote. Here's an opportunity for you to make a difference. You all want to make a difference in the world. I would bet you there are big yeshivas in this state that have a lot of people who aren't registered to vote. You'd be surprised. Some of those yeshivas make sure every student votes. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but but, but students have to vote. It's it's a community. Right, what does someone do right now if they've discovered or they've woken up to the fact that they're not registered to vote? What should they do? And they're a New Jersey resident. What should they do right now? And it's Monday, Columbus Day, so yeah. all the government offices are closed. Right. I would say like this. Go to teachnjs.org. That's www. Well, but can they still do it tomorrow or not? They can sure they. As long as oh, it's so. postmarked tomorrow, all right. they can go to our website, uh, email us at info at teachnjs.org. Uh, we'll just write registration info, and we'll send you the uh, steps that necessary for you to register. You could do it either online, or you could just print it out and mail it in. Make sure it's postmarked tomorrow. There's plenty of time today and tomorrow to do it. If you live in Bergen County, we'll send you information about that, because the Bergen County clerk's office is open late tomorrow night to make sure that uh, mm. people can register to vote. I think it's until 8 p.m. So go out there and vote. It's important. Uh, first register, though. If you're right. not, if you if you are registered, you can relax, take it easy. You got three weeks, unless you want to vote by mail. Then you have. Then we'll tell you about that. Uh, you can see that via our, our website as to how you can register by mail. This way, you never have to go to the polls on election day. But otherwise, if you're not registered to vote. Today, it's your responsibility, and tomorrow, it's your responsibility to make sure you do so, not only for yourselves, but for your community, and we're asking you to do so. All right, teachnjs.org has all the information. That's really the call to action today. Anybody you know who's not registered in the state of New Jersey, get them registered between now and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The uh, election day is in three weeks. Right, November 3rd. Uh, you're not going to be making choices for anybody, correct? You're just going to be. Don't wear a 501c3 you're organization. You're going to encourage people, though. Exactly. To number one, have their voices heard by going to the polls. Mm -hmm. And number two, if they happen to know of a candidate who might be very understanding on this issue, they might want to strongly consider putting him or her in office and voting for him and her for. For whatever position they're running for. We're just showing people that we vote. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has a choice to who they want to vote for. It's a right. democracy. We're not going to tell anybody you have to vote for X, Y, or Z. 
But the mere fact that you go out and vote, they know who votes, they know the numbers. We've said this at this radio station and other places. Well, you just got to go do it. Let right. them see the numbers. Let them see we're out there. And if they see we're out there, then then they'll respect us. Otherwise, why respect us? Just because we ask for something? And well, if you want 500 bucks a student instead of 198 a student... The only way to accomplish that is by exactly. voting and making your voice heard. Otherwise, with the limited amount of money that the state has in its budget, just a mere $34 billion, why would they spend it on us instead of somebody else unless they understand that it's important to us and we show our importance for this by, by going out to vote? Yeah, simple as that. Yep. Josh Przanski is the New Jersey Regional Director for uh, Teach... Was that correct? New Jersey Plus OUAC, Orthodox yeah, New Jersey Center, Regional Teach NJS. Yes. For teachnjs.org and, of course, OU Advocacy Center here in the state of New Jersey. And uh, if you want any information about registering or registering registration for a friend or relative in the state of New Jersey between today and tomorrow, and it must be done before the end of business tomorrow, whether it means by mail with a postmark or whether it means by computer, or if you'd like general information about what Teach NJS is doing in this state, to try to secure even more funding for our students and to make it even more possible for a great education for our wonderful children, uh, then go to the website, teachnjs.org, teachnjs.org. Did I leave anything out today? No, I think I think we, we've said it all, and I appreciate the time, and hopefully the community will, uh, will will do what they have to do to make it work. What was the name of the um, f- of the uh, firm that you said in Jersey City that has? Uh, Fabio Wood. Fabio, and do they have a cafeteria there? Just curious, a kosher cafeteria. <laughs> I'm sure, or if no? a person needs it, they'll make sure they have a kosher cafeteria. They have food there. You're uh, serious? What I understand, what he told me. Yeah, fully catered. I don't know about that. <laughs> all right, Josh Brzezinski, I thank you. Thank you. Continued good luck. Let's hope a lot of people out there in the state of New Jersey register in the next 24 hours because of the uh, discussion they just heard right here at JM and the AM. 29 minutes before 9 o'clock on this Erev Rosh Chodesh morning at JM and the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with Eitan Katz off the Unplugged CD. Unplugged volume number two, in fact, here at J.M. and the A.M. I uh, wanted to wish a Mazel Tov. This goes out to, uh, this goes out to Molly Cohen. 
Mazel tov to Molly Cohen of West Orange, New Jersey. Her bat mitzvah took place yesterday at Avas Achim and A. Jacob and David in West Orange, New Jersey. Hey, Molly Cohen, mazal tov to you from all of us here at JMDM and to uh, Molly's parents, Alyssa and Mitch, and to uh, brothers Abe and Jack and grandparents, Diane and Saul Glickman of Brooklyn and Judy and Ari Cohen of Brooklyn, New York. We say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right. That is a piece of good news. Baruch Hashem. Want to remind the Mothers of Multiples out there that the Mothers of Multiples support group has a presentation tomorrow night at 8 p.m. with speaker Dr. David Klein, pediatrician of Maimonides Medical Center. Uh, the Mothers of Multiples support group topic tomorrow is Discover the Number One Pediatric Enemy. That's uh, t- tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Dr. David Klein. Information, you want to contact uh, Mati Atlas. It's M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com. M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com. The, uh, the presentation takes place in Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street in Brooklyn, with a light buffet being served, a gift for all attendees, and free parking. So check that out and enjoy. Mayor Weingarten coming up with the next live edition of the Israel Show at 9 o'clock this morning. You could hear the whole thing at jamnam.org or on the NSN app. On the next live edition of the Israel Show, Eitam and Naama Henkin were gunned down by Arab terrorist Holomoid Sukkis. The Israel Show pays tribute to these two exceptional people. The latest round of Arab terror in Israel claims to be the result of Jewish prayer on Harabayit. The Israel Show will explore the history of this recurring and recycled libel. Have a listen to the State Department double standard when judging Israel's actions in war as compared to the United States' recent activity in Afghanistan. I heard it. It's pretty amazing. Mayor plays it for you coming up um, between 9 and 10, plus the usual mix of Israeli music. Uh, don't forget to go to Facebook and like the Israel Show page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Speaking of Israel, uh, there is a report, the Jerusalem Post is reporting, um, a stabbing attack in the Jerusalem neighborhood of Piskat Zev. One terrorist was neutralized and another suspect arrested after attempting, attempting to flee the scene. Reports by MDA indicate two people were wounded, a 20-year-old and 16-year-old, both in serious condition, both transported to Adasi University Medical Center. Um, that is the latest from the Jerusalem Post, the latest from Yerushalayim, where it has been a day so far of news dominated by stabbings, this time in Piskat Zev. Quarter before 9 o'clock, it's Erev Rosh Chodesh, it's JM in the AM. I want to thank those of you who are tuned in around the world. I want to thank Matis Weingast, did a great job yesterday in the uh, JM Sunday program, an interview that he did with uh, Chief Rabbi Warren Goldstein of South Africa, really amazing. Big thank you to our friends at uh, OnlySimchas.com, who made sure to include that content in their amazing news feed, as we've been mentioning over the last few weeks, they have really done some incredible things um, over the last few weeks with their news feed. Very entertaining, very informative, in many ways very fun. And um, they included Matis's uh, interview yesterday. You could find it there on their website when you visit there later today. Um, I want to thank those who are posting comments on our uh on our app, the NSN app gives you the ability to post comments on our home screen. 
We highly recommend you do so because this way we are in touch with you on an even more regular basis and get to hear your comments and see your requests. Uh, it's Isru Chag. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> it says here, if it's Isru Chag Sukkis, it must be Tehillah Gifter's birthday. This is what listener Sina tells us. So a big shout-out to Tehillah Gifter of Staten Island celebrating a birthday number six today. Mazel up to Tehillah's mommy and tati, Shoshana and Rabbi Yaakov Gifter and all her siblings. Tehillah, how can you be six years old already? You're such a big girl. We're so proud of you every single day. We love you tons. Have a great day. That's Bubby and Zadie down in Florida. We know them as listeners, Sina and Ira, and they will not pass up an opportunity to tell the world about a wonderful gifter, Mazel Tov. And we join in on that and say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. <laughs>
A selection that uh, Shia Rubenstein calls Ba'avur here at JM in the AM. Erev Rosh Chodesh, Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show, eight minutes away, jmnam.org on the NSN app. You can enjoy it. Uh, I noticed that my cousin Michael Feldstein posted that they're planning a very exciting weekend for families thinking of moving to Stamford, Connecticut. It's happening on Shabbat, October the 23rd and 24th, a great way for those thinking of moving to Stanford to get a feel of what the community's like. Now, I will tell you that uh, the Siegel family spent the Shabbat up there and uh, really like the community a great deal. So you may want to check it out. If you do, then uh, contact me, and I'll tell you exactly who to speak to. <laughs> Some great people up there. And I want to give a special uh, shout-out and hello, speaking of Stanford, to Rabbi David Walk. Rabbi Dave Walk, I just want you to know that um, he has a he has a book uh, called Walking Through the Parsha. I believe it's Walking Through the Parsha is the exact title. And um, his uh, contribution to our Shabbos Bracious discussion was just wonderful through that book. So I thank him very much. And a big hello to uh, Rabbi Dave Walk, who I believe uh, a lot of people in this audience know very, very well. 55 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 75. Uh, wrapping things up on a Monday, this is uh, Lenny Friedman. His CD entitled Brand New, with a segment entitled Lenny's Jewish Jam Number One. Here it is to wrap up a Monday at JM in the AM. This time I would like to call upon the father of the bride, Lenny Friedman. (laughs) 
Lenny Friedman from a brand new CD entitled Brand New. How do you like that? Reminder, the Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show follows right after Jam and the AM. You can tune into jamtheam.org or on the NSN app, and you can listen in as Mayor discusses the situation in Israel and has a couple of features that I think you will find fascinating. Plus, of course, some great Israeli music as well. The adventure continues all through today. Make sure to be tuned in at jamnam.org and the NSN app or on our listen line to all of our amazing programming, including an incredible music mix this afternoon. You'll be glad you did. Simple as that. And a big thank you to Matis and everybody responsible for our great weekend programming. Which kept everybody going over this past weekend, including JM Sunday that took place yesterday morning with the chief rabbi of South Africa, Warren Goldstein, as interviewed by Matis Weingast. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up a uh, Monday morning, Columbus Day, era Rosh Chodesh edition of JM in the AM. That's right, Rosh Chodesh begins later today. Keep that in mind, a two-day Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan, Tuesday and Wednesday. Israel's show is next. Mayor Weingarten has an action-packed hour coming up. Listen in at jmtheam.org and on the NSN app. You'll be glad you did. Comment through the day on the NSN app as well. Don't forget that. Tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Micha Gammerman, Israeli, not Israeli, uh, South American Jewish singer, is expected to join us live via telephone. That happens tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour right here at JMN. Until then, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.